Hello and welcome to episode two of the Esports Review, the show where two, sometimes three talking heads get together and take a deep dive into a topic related to competitive gaming. This is my co-host, Ben Sizemore, the best beard in the business, and my name is Patrick Ryan. Uh, let's get into the show. Um, so the topic that we're discussing today is taboos in esports. Um, I guess really the, the first kind of topic we're going to discuss is some of the, the more publicly discussed taboos or uh, assumptions that are in competitive gaming. Um, then we're going to break down the different parties that have a stake in esports. Uh, finally, we will review some of the lesser known taboos. Um, kind of another way to think about this is what are the unspoken expectations and assumptions in, in the competitive gaming industry? Um, ben, why don't, you, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about your week and, and, and help us transition into this. I'm, I'm going to hop out and, and try to kind of uh, quiet a situation really quickly, so I'll let you take it. <laughs> I don't know how it'll transition, but my week was pretty good. Uh, just kind of hung out for a little bit, you know, cleaned up, went to the gym, been doing the whole gym thing recently, so that's fun. But other than that, just been a, been a quiet week, quiet week at home, relaxing. So have you have you have you you've had to deal with some level of snow? I think right. Uh, not this week. It's snowing right now for whatever oh. reason. But it's it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's, it's not done yet. <laughs> no, it, it's supposed to be uh, like fifty and sixty degrees here in the next couple of days. So that's uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to a little warm weather rolling through. Maybe you can uh, you know suns out guns out. I was. Oh yeah. <laughs> here in Denver, it was uh, really really nice uh, past couple of days. And it looks like we're going to get some snow this weekend. But uh, I saw a dude walking around with uh, with shorts and like a you know tank top on, and he mm -hmm. he was really enjoying the one sunny day that we had. Yeah. So, um, you know, people take advantage of that kind of weather. Oh yeah, yeah, they definitely do. I mean, I went out in shorts a little bit ago to take my dog out, and that was a horrible idea because I, <laughs> because I have this thing where I don't look out the window apparently, and uh, it was really cold. It's and looking I, at like the weather on the internet or uh, yeah. like stepping outside and just like putting a piggy toe out. And, well, like, I mean, if I would have just looked outside, I would have seen that there was fresh snow on the ground and I could have gathered from that information <laughs> that it was probably less than 30 degrees and I regretted everything as soon as I stepped outside. So Just every decision ever, yeah, always. Every, so here we are decision. talking about the weather. Um, and you know what? Sometimes, some weeks, we want to kind of just, you know, softly, easily mellow into, into you know, the esports discussion. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll give you a different song every week to listen to. Um, this week it was Uyama Hiroto's uh, Monochrome Garden. Um, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a sweet little saxophone player uh, that, I, that I highly suggest you check out and support. Um, so today is January 29th, um, and it's episode two uh, of, of the Esports Review. And really the, the, the kind of the impetus for this whole discussion um, you know, Ben and I, uh, we, we, we tend to talk about esports in our off time and um, to anybody who will listen. Uh, and really, there's a lot of topics in esports that, that are hard to bring up or uh, maybe not often discussed. And there's quite a few assumptions, uh, I think, from the general media and, uh, say, parents and, and the, the outside population of, of esports, where they look at esports and they say, hmm. You know, there's there's millions of dollars to be made there. There's you know there's tons of fame because they you know they see the evil geniuses win the international or uh, they they hear about performance enhancing drugs repeatedly from ESPN uh, related to Semphis's discussion um, with with CS:GO or uh, kind of all of the different accusations that have happened in the Call of Duty leagues or, or Halo. Um, it seems like the first person shooters kind of have that a little bit more difficult than the rest. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about. Uh, the amount of time it takes for a player to become a professional, right? It takes about 12-plus hours a day. Um, so it seems like the general public is aware of the time commitment. Uh, and they're also, you know, aware that, I think, they think <laughs> this is not an awareness, maybe a lack of awareness, um, that they, they believe that some professional gamers, or most, still live in their parents' basements. You know, they, there's a, I think, um, it's contradicting the first bullet point pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. uh, but... You know, here we are at all these general assumptions, and these aren't necessarily taboos as much as things that we all hear and, and kind of um, are fed by the, the general population seems to know about esports. Uh, ben, am I missing anything? Is there anything that you feel like, you know, the general public is aware of about esports that are 
maybe not necessarily a taboo, but just kind of laying the groundwork for everyone's understanding? No, I mean, I feel like the entire topic of professional gaming almost is taboo. I mean, it's becoming less taboo uh, with the like the exponential growth that we have seen in the past year, especially with mm -hmm. esports. Uh, but I mean, you're right. It had the whole stigma kind of behind it that was like, oh, it's just a bunch of nerds playing video games in their parents' basements, and they don't go outside. They're all rocking fedoras and fingerless gloves, and <laughs> you know, like it's stuff like that. They're so, all Vortic, right? Yeah, like that's... yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Like they're all like tipping their hats and milady, you know, like <laughs> the, like the, the typical internet meme, and. Uh, I'm glad that it's kind of moving away from that, but there definitely are a lot of topics within esports that uh, certainly are still taboo mm -hmm. and still kind of looked down on by like society as a whole, just because it is different and it is so new. And I mean, we've seen it with like tons of stuff that come out and everything like that. Like what stuff? What stuff are you related to? Talking about? Uh, I don't know. Like, hmm. Take a, take a long, Por deep breath. I, I mean, pornography, pretty much. I mean, you could you could look at it like that, honestly. As, as, as bad as that sounds, I mean, you really could. Because, I mean, like, it's still looked at as taboo, but, it, like, it's such, like, a, a thing in society now. Like, everybody knows what it is. You like, the common I mean? joke is, you know, you're, if you're going to make any money, yeah. you're going well to do porn. On the internet. It's, well, on the yeah. internet, a majority of the money on the internet is made yeah. from, from pornography and from video games is the other and big from one. from video right? games, yeah. It's, and, I mean, it, it's something like that, and it's so, like, everything's so mainstream now with that. I mean, they have freaking porn award shows now. Right. So, I mean, all the, all the, porn, the porn stars now have vlogs where they talk about, like, how to give a blowjob. Yeah. They try to create, like, a personality. It's on YouTube and stuff now. Right. I mean, so, like, it, it's stuff like that. And, <clears throat> I mean, like... So we're, we're talking see... about porn because it's a taboo, assumedly, right? Yeah, it's a taboo. And, I mean, and that's what our show, the, the topic of our show is this Fuck week. Fuck yeah, baby. Yeah, taboo. <laughs> so, I mean, <clears throat> you, you see that with, with esports and video games as a whole just because people... Uh, do have a misunderstanding of it and don't mm -hmm. really understand what is going on in the scene except for the people that are actually living the scene. Right, and so you have this general public and then you have these kind of, uh, call them stakeholders, groups of yeah. people. I, I like to, I, instead of saying people now, I've been trying to advise, advise this to everyone. Say folks so you are more relatable. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the folks that are a part of, of competitive gaming... Um, Ben, who, I mean, the player is the most important thing, yeah, right? So what are some player. of the players, the taboos that a player experiences on a regular basis? What things are they afraid of or what things do they, what, are, what, what you know, what, what, are, what is a taboo to a player, right? Like what is something that maybe an organization can do that would be taboo or, you know, what, it, like I think each one uh, of these groups has their own quote unquote taboos within the industry, right? It's not just yeah. across the board, all of these well, different stakeholders experience the same problems one thing that we actually just saw uh in the past couple of weeks was uh uh team ember which is a challenger series team league of legends team i'm sure they have other organizations like or teams within their organization but um they actually went public with their player salaries <clears throat> and i mean that that's that's pretty taboo because no other sports esports organization i should say uh really put that out in the public like no one really knows what these players are making and stuff and we all assume that like you know they have their sponsors they have like their razor their logitech uh steel series things like that and uh but no one really knows like an actual dollar amount of what these guys are making and <clears throat> when you look at these players i mean golden glue was making what close to seventy thousand dollars a year yeah with with bonus yeah. <clears throat> with his bonus and i mean like that's that's more money than i make Per year mm -hmm. and I have like a legitimate job and college degree and you know it, it's one of those things where people were just like oh wow you know like this is a challenger challenger team like they're not even like fully professional think of it as like a minor league baseball player you know or like a, a player that's in the the development league for I said I, even maybe even a better example is like soccer right like yeah the yeah. the I'm sorry football uh, whew, I don't know what to say now Could have a European audience uh, the the ball where you, the thing where you kick the ball into the into the net into the net um, <laughs> but you know there's there's teams that are in the Premier League that can get you know if they place in the bottom two they get you know kind of kicked mm -hmm. down and the ones that place in the in the top of that the next subsequent league move up right so it's the same yeah. kind of concept that, in that's LCS a better, that's a better example I I don't really watch that much football um, 
non, soccer, non-American football. football. I watch American football. I don't. I don't watch. Uh, I'm all confused now. Our, yeah, our soccer. terminology. Let's call it soccer. <laughs> like, this, this is America. We're gonna call it soccer. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, when when you look at it like that, I mean, this is they're good. They're they're a very good team for what they are, but they are not top of the line uh, professionals. And that's that's what everybody. What is like. what is a professional, right? I mean, they're getting a professional. Paid to, to yeah, do a it. professional is one of the top ten teams accepted into the Riot League Championship Series. But couldn't they be a professional because they're getting paid seventy thousand dollars into and their job? Yes, and, and, and like that's they're... that's where a clearer set of definitions needs to come in for uh, professional League of Legends. Because, does it I matter mean, though? Does it well, matter? Like, does it matter if you're a professional versus not just, a, just not a gamer? Make, not if you're making seventy grand a year. <laughs> it doesn't matter one bit. Right, it doesn't matter at all. Golden Glue doesn't can Golden Glue doesn't give a shit right now. But that's it, not so. Transparency isn't necessarily a taboo for players, right? Though, like, no, I mean, I guess it is. It, it, it's, it is it's a for lack of transparency. Probably, yeah, is maybe uh, for players. I think a lot. Yeah, but for the the public and these organization owners and stuff, I think it definitely is. Because I mean, when you see. So the um, one thing that's taboo for players is is another thing, you know, the same thing that's not taboo for players, like yeah. transparency, is taboo for organizations or for potentially even event organizers or endemic sponsors, yeah. fans, yeah. developers, publishers. Which, like, there's all these different interests, we, right? With uh, event organizers and things like that, and like ESL, I mean, they release how much money they make per year. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, we've seen that in the past year. We saw how much money they made from, uh, you know, all of their different events and things. But, like, with the actual organizations within them, they don't release that, and most of I mean they are private companies, so they don't have to disclose that. Right. Um, but I mean, but they have they, something else a, is taboo for them though, right, Ben? Like if you look at what's taboo for a player, not lack of transparency, and then you look at the organizations, and they look at what Ember is doing and going and go, man, that's not okay. Like you're just trying yeah. to market and PR and yeah, blah blah blah, exactly. and they they they, they poo poo it. Mm-hmm. And and because it's taboo for them to release that yeah, information, absolutely. somebody like ESL or something naturally they're going to release their 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 portfolio. But maybe for what what's taboo for them is uh, the use of of performance enhancing drugs, absolutely. or yeah. um, they, they they you know maybe some kind of violence like mm-hmm. a violent you know physical violence at an event or something like that, right? Yeah. Like that for them is very taboo because they recognize that it could affect their bottom line. You, um, you for fans, it's taboo if you if you if you shill a product, right? If you start yeah. trying to sell what the fast and and people get onto that. You know, people might stop watching your fucking Twitch channel, Boy Boy, because you know you you yeah. decided to sell a product that you, that is not, not necessarily that good. Good, yeah, exactly. And I mean, like you you see the taboos change within each uh, subculture, pretty much, because I mean, like that's what it is, honestly. I mean, like within the culture of esports, you have each subculture. You have your players, you have your organizations, you have your tournament organizers, and everything's like that. And within each subculture, obviously, these things are going to change, and people are going to be caring about different things. So. Um, Definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, players don't really care that much about transparency because they're getting paid no matter what. These organizations care about transparency because they don't want people to know how much they're paying. Because if CLG is paying less than TSM, you know, what's going to make a player stay with CLG if they get an offer from TSM? You know what I mean? Something like that. And I could see where they would get upset about that, and rightfully so. Uh, and, and it may create problems within the team, right? Like yeah, if you look at well, Ember's not even team, within the you know, team. Glebe was paid a little bit less than the rest of them, so maybe yeah. there's there's tra- like uh, there's there are issues that arise with any type of breaking of a taboo, right? Like that's yeah. I mean, if we if we go back to it, like you made the joke pre-call, but you were like, oh, like you know, like banging your sister, or whatever, yeah, like that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the joke, super right? Taboo. Yeah. I imagine <laughs> banging your banging your sister is taboo, but like you know, you you the. There's problems that would arise from breaking that taboo, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, inevitably, something wrong would happen. So, like, maybe not wrong, but problematic, and, and it would create, you know, a bit of an issue, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it it creates an attitude because, like you said, Glebe was getting paid less than Golden Glue. Well, getting paid less than everybody on the team. And, like, you see that a lot of times in other professional sports like basketball where uh, certain players are paid more based on what they do, obviously. I mean, LeBron gets paid more than an Anderson Vergeau, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, you can kind of expect that, but at the same time, I mean, like, it's going to definitely create some kind of attitude within the players on the teams. So for players, getting paid is an expectation. <laughs> they yeah. want to know what they're going to get paid. I think moving into the future, you know, you look at like a team like <laughs> Renegades or like Ember, they're starting to kind of make agreements with their players that they'll yeah. tell them what they'll get paid. So mm-hmm. what is it? What is a similar, you know, we're talking about money for players. What is a similar taboo for, say, an organization? Like, a, like an organization like CLG or TSM 
you know, we've talked about the transparency issue. Is there anything else that, um, you know, that, that, an that, that an organization would run into, other taboos? Uh, the thing that I've noticed a lot is, like, <clears throat> uh, player poaching. Mm -hmm. which is like i mean it's it's a huge taboo and riot even like it's a taboo with riot like you you don't do that yep. it's, it's bannable like you know punishable so like you you just don't do that and people still do it and if they're i mean uh renegades chris yeah. renegades chris i mean like he the, the well former owner is he still an owner yes he is an owner of renegades um yeah i mean it, that that is i think <clears throat> an excellent example of in player poaching for organizations is bad. It's yeah. bad for the developer. It's bad mm -hmm. for the publishers, bad right? It, make, it's, it, it makes yeah. the whole scene look but, bad. Yeah, it makes the whole scene look bad because there has to be a certain level of trust within each organization that makes up the greater, you know, umbrella scope of, you know, what you're what you're doing. So I mean, mm -hmm. like everyone that comes under the Riot Gaming, like umbrella of professional league of legends like there has to be a certain level of trust and that's why they have like these these players so what is, what is like that level of trust what does that mean you don't Dig poach each other's players what I else mean, first of all um what makes up like this this umbrella of trust i mean honestly i don't know i mean like the the biggest thing would definitely be like the the player poaching because i mean like that happens so often like we, we've seen it like i mean the big thing in the off season was uh you know tsm and H2K with Svenskaren. Right. Because Svenskaren had signed some kind of agreement with H2K, and then, like, TSM was poaching, but TSM had permission from Riot to approach Svenskaren and everything. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like the trust between all the teams is, like, the biggest thing. And, I mean, it, it, and it goes beyond that's like, that's like saying, like, you expect region. all the teams in NBA to, like, trust each other now. Well, I mean, that, that's, I mean, they kind of have to. To an extent. Don't they stab each other in the back regularly? Not necessarily. I mean, they're like, competitors. Uh, yeah, they're competitors, but it's almost like a professional professional competition. I don't know. You have to be professional. Professionalism is the biggest thing. And, but isn't that also just like a word kind of like cancerous or toxic or... Um, to an extent, yes. Professionalism is very similar to that in that it doesn't mean really anything. No, does it? it doesn't mean anything. It's more of a state of mind, I guess, or like a... Um, I don't know. The word is escaping me. I mean, it's playing the game and sucking the right dick, right? Yeah, like, that's absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that, that's uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's what professionalism is. is. It is. Yeah, I mean, you've got to play the game. It. And we talked about that like uh, uh, before when we were talking about you know like how like with Slasher with ESPN and and Thorin, you know, and uh, obviously the comparisons between the two. Yeah, are, or, and, it, and I mean they're both very knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. and they both know what they're doing, but Slasher knows how to play the game, and Thorin doesn't give a shit. And, yeah, that, and there's, and there's that's your why. two sides of the coin, right? Yeah. So that's, I mean, all right. So then you have these, you know, somebody say somebody like a Richard Lewis, you know, is maybe taboo to a yeah. an event organizer or to maybe even an endemic sponsor. Like if you well, think about like Logitech or HyperX or BenQ uh, or any of these, you know, these these companies that are razor that are persistent in the scene. Yeah. They want to they want to have somebody that's going to be non polarizing. They want to have mm -hmm. somebody that's going to be, going to professional, which basically means I think in esports wearing a suit that is well fitted to you yes. and brushing your hair and like not smelling like a piece of shit. But no like ties, really, no ties in esports. But you can't, and so that's the thing is that, so I've professed that opinion in the past and then I met Semler yeah. and like the man is a fucking incredibly dressed human. Mm -hmm. he, he, he's got his shit together. So, I mean, he's wearing, he's standing yeah. there wearing a tie and a fitted suit. I am, I am not, a, I, at this point in my life, I look at that and I'm like, Damn, that guy looked real good. Like I, I don't, yeah. I don't mind someone looking real snappy. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. a snappy dresser isn't a bad. I thing. just, I just like the joke that Scoots made. You know, it's just no, <laughs> no, no, no ties in esports. But uh, no, I mean, I've heard it over and over again. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right about the Richard Lewis and uh, like Thorne being taboo, and they really are taboo because now, like with the Richard Lewis choking incident and the, uh, you know, <laughs> choking like choking incident, <laughs> choke gate twenty fifteen. Yeah, choke gate twenty fifteen. Richard Lewis, but. Uh, and uh, and Thorin being what is he is he still banned from from ESL? I, I don't know. There's there's I can't been remember like the, when he did the the what, the Romania thing and everybody got real pissed off. So everybody like always gets pissed back. off. But yeah, these, I mean like there's, these there's, analysts, right? Yeah, so that's and I mean, this is another good point. I want, I got to jump into that now. So analysts, the the expectation that they have knowledge about everything, right? Like the, yeah. if you're an expert, not even just in a scene, but in general, you need to know about everything that there is to do with that game or that scene 
um, if you're a journalist, you, your integrity is continually called into question. Mm -hmm. um, for for standard practice that standard practices in other industries that are continuously employed, like um, uh, what is it, the needing to have a source yeah. in in esports, everybody freaks out if you don't have if you don't if you don't reveal your sources. Yeah. But it, I mean, really, like if you look at the style, like the router's guide for yeah. for journalism, it says very clearly you can use an unlisted, like an unnamed source, um, as long as you have a second source. That, that is separate from that individual that you can quote for like just objective fact. Yeah. Like you can't use the same person as an unnamed source and a named source. Like mm -hmm. you can't, you, you know, you can't have claim that you have two sources from, from doing that type of manipulation. But that's the only like rule that exists in journalism that I've been able to, f I mean, if somebody can prove me wrong, like fucking send it to me. But like, you know, it doesn't, it seems as if there is this very unrealistic expectation from the fans. Yeah about the, the analysts, the announcers, the media personalities, mm -hmm. um, that type of stuff. Do you see that as an issue? Do you see that as a standard thing that happens in every, you know, in other, in other traditional sports? I feel sports? like it, it's, it's kind of like just a standard thing, honestly. Because, I mean, when you look at, like, basketball announcers and analysts and things like that, you look at your, your Charles Barkleys and Kenny Smiths and, and everything like that. And, I mean, they draw criticism of, of how they do things, just like – you know, your Thorns and Richard Lewis's and, and uh, your Scoots's and DJ Wheats and Slashers and, and Fion's and everybody like that. I mean, like, they <clears throat> they all draw criticism the same way. Uh, Colin Coward, uh, perfect, perfect example, because he hates esports, even though he's he finally came around recently. Uh, <clears throat> but, I mean... Yeah, well, he I mean, came. He came around because kind of like, came around because his co-host was the host yeah. for ESL, uh, right? Yeah, for like ESL. the Intel Extreme Masters. Yeah. Or. So I mean, yeah. I mean, it's kind of just like I don't know. It's almost uniform now, to where like these people obviously these are the faces of the broadcast. You know what I mean? Like, like <clears throat> we refer to them as the talking heads. You know, that we we were talking about that, making and, fun of ourselves being just yeah, two for, talking for heads. Two talking heads. So, <laughs> like, my these, head. Yeah, these are these are like you know the faces that are that are being seen and they're doing all the talking and everything and they're you know, they're obviously going to draw criticism. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that it's kind of good because I mean it is uniform across all forms of sports, whether that be traditional physical sports or esports. So I think it's a good thing. I don't really think it's a, a bad thing. And mm -hmm. it's almost an expectation. And it's good because you need those personalities outside of the game. <clears throat> Instead yeah, of I mean, I think a lot of the personalities make the news nowadays, right? Like the players yeah. will do something and the, like everybody's just waiting for like what a personality will say about it, which mm -hmm. is like really at the end of the day, I think most people are just starved for like an interesting kind of genuine real content on the internet because yeah. this entire world is a giant fake of just like piece of just a giant piece of shit yeah and there's it, not a lot of great <laughs> things to feel great about the the thing that bothered me a lot during the off season we, this goes about like the uh, the journalistic integrity and everybody wanting sources and things like that was uh jacob wolf was doing a lot of reporting on team changes and like you know making these like <clears throat> outlandish Reddit posts and things like that to Daily Dot and saying like, oh, this is going to happen, you know? Like, th this is this is what's happening behind the scenes. And everyone was like, oh, no, no, that's not happening. You know, noth nothing's <laughs> going to happen. Post a source, post a source. And when you have a source like that, you don't want to post it. You can't... Then you like, lose it. <laughs> you lose that source. That's exactly how you, like, lose your edge in the journalism world. Like... There has to be some kind of, like, way for you to get ahead. Otherwise, you have nothing. And, I mean, <clears throat> he did really good, and I think he was – I can't remember how many picks that he was correct on, but he had, he had a perfect score for everything that he reported. And he, he caught a lot of shit for it. And I, I kind of felt bad because everyone was like, well, what's your source? You know, who, well, who's, like, who's at, saying this? I'm look like, at no. William Turton. William Turton is a beautiful example of a really, really talented journalist who's now writing about internet security and was writing for the Daily Dot about esports. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he was one of the uh, Forbes, like under, like, you know, top 100 under 20 something, like 28 or whatever they do. Mm -hmm. um, and is now like a really, really popular journalist in the, uh, the cybersecurity <laughs> space. And he does a ton of breaking news and it's really, really yeah. valuable. Um, and he was scared, not even, I don't, I, I, using the word terminology scared away and, and transitioning from esports to cybersecurity, I don't think he was necessarily scared away. Yeah. I think he just, he realizes that the readership and the fan, like maybe the, the fan base for that industry um, is maybe a little bit more mature and willing to accept um, 
uh, an undisclosed source uh, because they recognize the importance of that undisclosed yeah, source absolutely. and the information they're providing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like people need to calm down when it comes to journalism. And like, Watch yourself. you got to say folks. Folks. Sorry. It's training. It's, what do, um, what it's you PR mean, training. you people? But uh, like, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, folks. God. I feel like folks need to to calm down a little bit when it comes to like, because I mean, to an extent, these people aren't like reporting about world politics. We're talking about esports here, mm -hmm. you know. And I mean, <clears throat> yes, and this is something that people identify with, like extreme. Like to the extreme, like this is like my scene, you know. Like this is this is esports. This is my thing. I don't follow basketball. I don't follow football. I follow esports, mm -hmm. and like people definitely identify with that, and they're upset if they start seeing things about their favorite teams that they don't like. These players that they they have come to love, and they're making moves that they don't like. They want to know where this information's coming from, and I can see that. But because they they're the most important yeah, person in the they, world, and it's their yeah, sport, it's yeah. their team, and their player. I'm an H2K I'm fan. I'm an H2K fan. You mean to tell me Svensk Aaron ain't coming over here? What Whoa, the F? Time out, time out. <clears throat> Let's pretend what kind of fan actually would be upset about something like that. The... I'm a TSM fan. <laughs> uh... Something like that? Is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like esports journalists deserve a little more slack than than uh what people are uh Ooh, interesting them. point. Thank you, Ziploc Bob. So this is the reason we have the show on Twitch, um, and it will be a podcast and all that other good stuff that you're probably listening to right now in your sweet, sweet ears. Um, but Ziploc Bob makes a good point. He's saying, um, as as esports grows, uh, we will have people <laughs> where where players actually become journalists and and have instant credibility, right? So yeah. if you yeah, look exactly. at kind of the way that that traditional sports has grown, and you've got like you know people on the desk that that played the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, like yeah, your Charles he's, Barkley's, he's your, your, mm -hmm. your Shaqs, you know, yeah, he, he's absolutely right. And we kind of seen it already a little bit for sure, in League for of sure. Legends with Crepo. And, yeah, and he's, um, he's excellent he's at an what excellent he does, analyst, and yeah. nobody questions it and all that. I yeah. mean, and that's the thing is that, is that it, okay, so then is that an issue, right? So the people that maybe deservedly can step into that role that aren't <clears throat> ex-pro players but have just as much ability in journalism mm -hmm. or in announcing or entertaining or any of these other entities, like, like activities, mm -hmm. um, Pro players just kind of step into that role that maybe they're not as well suited to. Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest, I think, the biggest taboo in my opinion um, in esports is that the players themselves believe that their talents are useless and that what they're doing is a waste of time. Yeah. And it's a taboo for themselves in their own, in, like, they're basically self-hating at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, to do something and believe that it's useless and the only utility is the game itself is, is totally incorrect. Yeah. Um, and, and I, like, I, I am constantly amazed by the disconnection from how valuable the skill set that they're learning in esports is to other things in the world and and you know real life like other potential jobs. So mm -hmm. yeah, you could be an analyst in League of Legends because you know about League of Legends, but you could also go work for like Tiger Direct and help them yeah. sell more well, mouse mouses and and keyboards and all that other stuff to gamers because you understand the way that a professional gamer thinks and you can associate your you know it's like you can do other things you're smart enough that and you like those kids can that. do other jobs we've seen that too uh with the the unicorn or unicorn whatever the the esports betting we've seen that with uh with snoope i mean let's call him steven ellis because that's yeah, what he, steven he ellis. yeah let, let's do that but that's, that's the nice thing to do yeah steven so <laughs> like we, we've seen that with steven ellis and i mean he he transitioned perfectly into that role they needed somebody that had insider knowledge and he he just went into it and he's doing great i mean he's obviously doing really well and you you also see that in outside of i don't want to say outside of esports because it's kind of still in the the gaming realm but um uh fwiz with youtube gaming mm -hmm. and i mean I, that was the perfect fit fwiz has been around esports and gaming forever he i mean he started out as a ref for mlg then, you know, he transitioned into the role of caster, became really well known as a caster. He knows he's very knowledgeable of all things gaming. And then he stepped into the optic gaming role. And then from optic, he stepped into, you know, the director of gaming content with for YouTube. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what they needed. And obviously, YouTube gaming is doing really well 
from you know like a vod standpoint i don't know how their live streaming platform is doing i'm assuming it's doing okay but like not as well as twitch but i'm assuming it's doing all right because twitch is making good money i mean um fwiz not twitch but uh fwiz well, i'm is sure he's really making money. like what the, the the biggest step i've seen in youtube gaming which is great is that they have a picture of the game that the person's talking about on youtube that's yeah. like the related game mm -hmm. and that's i mean like i know there's the, the website like the gaming.youtube but like yeah. he he has i think shown that even a professional gamer, like I don't think it's his fault, but I'm sure, like he he probably has not been able to make the changes or have the effect that he would like to have on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, well, it it's such a big change from YouTube itself, because I mean, like you just go to YouTube and search a video game, and it's gonna come up. That was funny. I, I just read uh, Timo's comment in the chat. But, <laughs> Timo, uh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, like. It's so hard when everyone just goes to regular YouTube to search for games to get them to go to a whole new, like, platform of gaming YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, I mean, like, I'm sure, like, it seems to be transitioning okay. It seems to be doing all right. But at the same time, I mean, I kind of feel bad because when I go to YouTube and I want to watch a VOD or something like that, I still just go to regular YouTube from my phone. I don't use the YouTube gaming app. So, I don't know. At the same time, but, I mean... We're getting, is there a YouTube a gaming little, app? Is that a thing? I, I think there is. Yeah. Oh think, shit. Okay. I so I got to go download that. Yeah. Um, so but, if let's let's recap here really quickly. I want to I want to bring it bring it all together so that it makes yeah. That's what I was going to say. We're, as we're, much sense as we're, possible. We're hitting a tangent here. Well, that's that's the way it goes. But I'm not yeah. ranting and I'm not angry because today, today I am turning over a new leaf and today. going to give you the information that you need about taboos and esports. Today without ranting. It's a good day, <laughs> my man, Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> So just really quickly to bring it all together, um, we've got some stakeholders in competitive gaming that tend to run into a number of taboos that are related to esports. Um, one of them, you know, we've got the players, we've got organizations, event organizers, fans, endemic sponsors, developers, publishers, other related businesses, and then you know you've got your parents, wives, and significant others. Mm -hmm. All of those different stakeholders have vested interests in esports from one standpoint or the other. We've discussed how players you know, create a taboo for themselves in discussing their worthlessness in the, in the skills that they're learning in esports. You know, famously, I always reference the Wild Turtle example of where he's, somebody says, hey, Wild Turtle, um, what have you learned from playing League of Legends? And he says, nothing. I, I couldn't do anything else with my life. Um, and that, to me, is one of the saddest things that a young man can say because I believe that being a part of esports <laughs> creates a valuable lens uh, for you to live your life with and really see other wonderful opportunities in your life uh, and, and effectively create a job for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, organizations, Taboo, you know, Ben and I discussed uh, you know, Ember's release of, of player salaries and, and transparency in organizations, um, player poaching within LCS and how that could be considered Taboo. Um, event organizers, somebody like you know, ESL, uh, they're really, really against uh, Performance-enhancing drugs, they're, they're anti-violence, as they've shown time and time again. You know, these are things that they don't want a part of, of their events. Fans, fans tend to look at um, you know, maybe, maybe a journalist in esports not using um, a, a named source as taboo, which we've discussed being, as being something that maybe doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. Uh, because in other industries that are parallel to esports, that, that is a common practice. Mm -hmm. um, fans also, I think, find it to be taboo if, if somebody that they really enjoy on live stream backs um, a, a sponsor or supports a sponsor that they disagree with, that's um, you know, a less than stellar product. Yeah. Uh, we use the example of Voiboy and What the Fast. Um, endemic sponsors like Logitech and, and HyperX, you know, they, they tend to be, I think probably the most averse to any kind of polarizing news, right? They don't want to back a team that's, that's got a lot of drama going on and uh, problems and there's a lot of negative press, right? Sponsors want to have um, positive press and they want to create fluff pieces. Uh, you've got developers and publishers. A lot of them look at, um, you know, the, the, the potential risks of getting into esports and, and kind of their name being dragged through the mud. Like if you look at Riot and the experience that they've had, you know, Riot's not a malicious company. Um, they're a video game company that started with really, really lofty goals and built some code that maybe wasn't able to support um, the game that they, they aspired to build. Yeah, um, and, and they realized they were going to be the biggest game in the world whenever they Nobody really thinks went. that way, right? And, <laughs> no. and you don't think, like, you don't ever, if you are the biggest in the world, you don't understand what that means, right? Yeah. Like, you yeah. don't know how many people are going to play the biggest game in the world until you are the biggest game. And now they have 27 million people and they're making $1.6 billion on, micro on microtransactions, yeah. um, which, you know, is the only transaction they do. So, it's, I mean, 
I mean, maybe, I don't know, they sell the store. It's a free game, stuff. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it for free, damn it. It's a um, free game. So they, there's a number of taboos for developers and publishers in, in getting into bed with the esports component, which for a lot of them, they look at it as marketing. Um, yeah. Other related businesses, like say, like, look at like what Ben and I are doing right now and talking about this, what, what uh, Mark does with, with esports in a nutshell news and everything else on YouTube. You know, we, we, are, we have taboos that we um, believe we could be affected by in, in the industry. Um, I think one of the bigger ones for us is, again, maybe maybe similarly aligning ourselves with the right sponsors because we want fans and and people that are that you know want want to enjoy our content yeah. to 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 trust us and and to believe to believe in in the content that we're delivering and and see that that you know we're I think we're we're uh, we're passionate about esports. I think a lot of media entities in general feel the need to over qualify themselves and mm -hmm. over prioritize knowledge. Um, and really, you know, at the end of the day, you just don't want to be an asshole. Just don't be a dick. Like, just don't be a dick. Um, and so I think for us, it's, we, we, we look at that and you know, being a dick is probably one of the more taboo things you can do. Um, parents, wives, and significant others, this is an interesting one. Um, for them, you know, time, I think, is, is, you know, the amount of time spent is the taboo issue. Um, they don't quite understand why it takes so much time to become a professional gamer, mm -hmm. or they don't understand um, the, the, the different stresses that are involved. Um, and, and I think really the, one of the bigger ones that, that the wives and, and the parents and significant others or friends see from players specifically is depression. Yeah. I believe that mental, mental handicap issues in some way, I'm saying handicap because in this game, being depressed, being, uh, having anxiety, having ADHD, having uh, any type of, of mental experience that is, that is up and down or different, um, really, really can hurt you in a game like League of Legends or in a video game in general as an esports professional because this is a mental game, right? Like this is, this is not, oh, I injured my leg and I have to fix my leg. It's like the equivalent is in your mind and you have to figure out how to fix that. So looking into life coaches and, and different psychologists or psychiatrists that can help, um, I believe is, is an issue that is still kind of taboo in the space, but is, it is one that is rapidly becoming more and more prominent. It's We're starting needed. to see teams hire coaches. We're starting to, if you look at the, the Immortals lineup and their roster and their success, I believe that a lot of it has to do with, with, with the staff that yeah. they have on board. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've ranted enough, Ben. Behind it. What do you think? Uh, no. Oh, by the way, that's all that stuff. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, it definitely comes down to, um, just touching on the last part that, that you were talking about, like the, the support staff. It's huge because, I mean, like, th these players are spending so much time, you know, mastering their craft because, let's, let's face it, that's what it is. It's, it's their craft. It's the same as Kobe Bryant going out and shooting, you know, 1,000 three-point shots a day or making 1,000 three-points or something. Right, like that, that. that was his thing, right? Yeah, was, he, he had to I, make so many three-pointers a day, you know, and, like, it, that's what these guys are doing. I mean, they're playing 12, 18 hours a day, like, in Korea. I know that I, <clears throat> I think, uh, what was it, SKT said they practice close to 18 hours a day. That's insane. Isn't there you diminishing know? returns at that point too? Like we all we all know. That Is there diminishing certain... returns because they're they're world champions? <laughs> <laughs> like go fuck I yourself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't think there are diminishing returns because they just want a million dollars, Patrick. So like the the way that I see it, I mean like if I played eighteen hours a day, I would be depressed as as could be. Like I mean that there comes a point in time where you need to do something outside of these games. And that's where the support staff comes in and helps these guys. I mean, they, they have cooks and everything to cook them food. They have people that, you know, take them out. They play back. I know when uh, CLG was doing really well, look at what they were doing in an a given, but still they were doing really well. I mean, they were going out, they were going to the beach, they were going playing in basketball. They were going to the gym and you, you see that people are realizing that they need to get out more and they need to do things outside of the game, but they also need to take their craft seriously. So, yeah, I mean, you're seeing it more and more with the different support staffs. Like, they're, they're hiring mental, mental health specialists to come in, help these teams. Like, sports psychologists, they're hiring coaches to help these guys inside the game and out of the game. Because, uh, I mean, a lot of times these coaches are acting as, like, a parent, really. I mean, they're, they're acting as, as, like, a house parent. And, yeah. I mean, it, it's good. It, it's good to see that because these people need help. Cause a lot and it's of not times, like they're like crazy people that need help. No, they just no, they, need some they assistance. They need assistance. Right? I mean, they're, they're playing a video game for, you know, 12 plus hours a day. And that's extremely mentally taxing. Like, it, it really is. It, it's super taxing. And, like, it can cause problems. And to see, like, these organizations reaching out and getting help 
and hiring people that can help, um, it's promising. It, it's, it, it looks very And I mean, promising. you're seeing that across players, right? Like, so the, I mean, I discussed the taboo of the actual having depression or anything else like that, but mm -hmm. then also the, the taboo of getting help, right? That I think is a second issue yeah. or hurdle that you have to jump. Mm -hmm. And then you look at somebody like Fion or um, Gosu, individuals that are not necessarily professionals, but that are a part of the esports space. And I mean, as a whole, I believe esports attracts people that have, you know, mental yeah. instability in some yeah. way. And, and that's not because of anything other than <clears throat> the people that are, that are kind of feel a part of esports and feel that sense of community have probably had some kind of issue in the past because they're willing to spend, you know, eight hours playing a video game or watching esports or whatever it is, right? Like that, that sense of, 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 of yearning for community and for difference in your life and for yeah. meaning is, is something that comes from a, a motivation within, right? Mm -hmm. So then, Ben, we've talked a lot about <clears throat> different taboos and kind of broke them all down, talked about stakeholders. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to know if you have any Benisms or insights kind of that, that are, you know, um, in, in bringing this all together, we've talked about, you know, the low chance of becoming a pro, uh, issues with depression and mental health, unrealistic expectation of, of knowledge from experts, um, journalistic integrity, a strong sense of self-identification with each, each scene, um, and then the low levels of transparency and trust that um, have been persistent in the industry for a long time and seemingly are beginning to change. Um, you know, what's, what are, are we missing anything? Are we, are we not explaining this correctly? Does this not make sense to you? No, I mean, it, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Good. Uh, because obviously I've been talking about it, Patrick, but I'm not, <laughs> no, it, it makes sense. And like, I, so explain it for a five-year-old. If a five-year-old was listening to this, what do they, what, do, like, how would you explain it God, to I like your mom? A five-year-old is not listening to Or like to this. a kid. Uh, <laughs> he's just sitting there like, <laughs> he's just like, oh, they said the F word. But, um, did we, oh, I thought I think, I, I, I think I, I, we, we, we I'm sure we did, but no, oh, I'm sorry. Five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Esports is so new. And with any new thing, there's going to be expectations unrealistic expectations at that because <clears throat> where it is so new and it's growing so fast, people don't really know the ceiling of it yet. Like people know the ceiling of professional basketball. Like we, we know where NBA starts and where NBA begins. We know where the major league baseball starts and where major league baseball ends, you know, like, <clears throat> but with esports, we don't really know where it ends yet because it hasn't reached a place to where like it's established. It is established, but it's not like, it hasn't reached its final form yet, you know, like it, I'm sorry to drop a Dragon Ball Z reference, but like it, it really hasn't. And like it, 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 it's so new. And with any new thing, there's going to be these expectations, these taboos, because we're still learning about it. Mm -hmm. And it's not just people from an outside perspective. Like, I mean, it, these organizations that are in, I mean, you, you look at people like Rick Fox, who just now sort of started an organization and he just picked up a, a counter-strike team with Sean Gares for the, for the Turner league. I mean, he is still going to be learning. I mean, he's still learning league of legends. He's admitted that he is <clears throat> like, even with the visa issues, right? Yeah. Like he's still got a lot to, yeah, absolutely. That's what I was going to yeah. say. They had, they had three subs last week because they had an issue with visas and I'm sure he didn't really realize what was going to be happening with that, you know? So everyone is still learning. And I mean, like you look at people that have been around from the beginning, like Reggie and, and Hotshot. I hate to use Hotshot because I feel like Hotshot isn't learning. But like you, you look at people who are running these organizations within esports, and I feel like everybody is still learning their roles and learning how to run these, these, these companies and things. And uh, it, it's only going to get better, I think within esports and I think with that it's going to be I mean you're still going to have taboos arise and a lot of it's still going to be the same stuff that, that that's going on today but I do feel like the expectations are going to be met to an extent I feel like the the transparency issues within organizations uh, I feel like that's going to be fleshed out real soon I feel like that it's almost going to be a thing to where they should be releasing uh, player salaries and things like mm -hmm. that because I, I feel like Players should know what they're getting into, and they should know what their other player, like their their colleagues, are, are getting into. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, you, you look at pro like professional basketball players and things like that. People know how much money you get when you go and play for the Lakers, 
or no, here's here's a here's a better example. When you go to play for the Yankees, mm-hmm. the Yankees where there's no salary cap in baseball, they have unlimited money because of who their owner is, or was is still sports. Yeah, yeah. but like you, I, I think the 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 original one, has, the, the old guy passed away, so now it's their son. But uh, like you you look at it. <clears throat> And you know that if you're being courted by the Yankees, they're going to be able to pay you more. Mm-hmm. You know, For like sure. when, when well, you look yeah, at yeah, like you, TSM to pay you more, right? Yeah, or you, whatever. You it is. look at your your Alex Rodriguez and you know your uh, Mark Teixeiras and things like that, and they're getting paid more money because of who they're they're being courted by. Mm-hmm. And like you, you would expect the same thing within esports. Like if uh, like TSM is courting you, they're going to be paying you more money, or like sure. if and things like that. But it's something that isn't known or released. So, like, I feel like the other players don't really know unless they're, like, telling each other behind the scenes. Well, that's, I think we're going to see a, a change in that when yeah. there's more prioritization on union or agents or whatever. Like, right now the teams are representing the players, and I think that mm-hmm. there's a lot of mixed interest there. Yeah, um, that, yeah, that's yeah. what I was getting ready to say. I, I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot of, like, uh, eSports agents, like, Popping rise up. up. Yeah, Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's, becoming, it's becoming a thing. Like, it really is. Yeah. Um, so quickly, uh, and this Timo had kind of exp- he's expanding in, in chat here about the journalistic integrity issue, and I want to um, at least give it some some thoughts. So he said, "Well, because, just because someone has built up reputation over time and also a good ratio of true reports doesn't mean the person is always right." So that's speaking to the idea that you know, like somebody like mm-hmm. Shaq or Charles Barkley or whatever is like this this cache of yeah. of, of uh, respect that they can kind of draw upon. Um, and I agree with him, but you know, it's, I think that typically popular opinion and public opinion will will side to favor those individuals at the very least um and then he said and protect the source sometimes gets exploited for not having proof um at all i fear mm-hmm. um, if i have a leaked document like an email chat convo or whatever and it proves my report i'd show it anyway protect the source well black like in the names yeah so, absolutely i mean i hear i hear that I, I mean i and i i agree it can be exploited but again like in other industries this is used with with some level of regularity um and there's ways to use it correctly, and I understand how it can get exploited, uh, but it, you know, it does have. There's issues on both sides of this. It's not like there's any right answer for journalism, yeah, which is why journalism is such a, dry. such a such a such a, a fickle mistress, right? It's 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 an art form because you don't really ever know what will get people to believe your story. Like all such all a... this stuff is just it, everybody has a goal, right? Like even nothing is objective. No journalistic report is objective. Even a science report, like everybody says science is objective. A report that's written by a scientist is still written with facts and figures in, and they're ordering them in a way to convince you of something. Mm-hmm. There's always something that they're trying to convince you of. It doesn't matter. So, I mean, with a journalist, if they have, you know, unlisted sources, um, more often than not, I'm going to side with just reading the story and taking it with a grain of salt like I do with every other piece of news in my life. It doesn't matter if there's a source or not. Like, yeah. make your own fucking judgments. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. Well, he, he made a good point too that a lot of that you know, unfortunately, some use that to make up their reports and then, you know, say, well, they have a source, and I, I get that. Yeah, I, I think that to an extent, definitely the the proof is needed. But if it comes down to protecting your source, <laughs> then you know, I feel like if it's something like a bombshell, you know, like a like a, a whistleblower type situation. Then I mean, you kind of need to protect that source a little bit. And that, I guess that can be overused. I can certainly see how that can be yeah. overused, though, yeah. especially from somebody like Timo that is that is, uh, you know, working at esportsobserver.com, yeah. which I highly suggest you go check out. It's a great website. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then Ziploc bo- <laughs> chat. Uh, uh, but that source's boss could go. Wait a second, I recognize that memo, Larry. Can you get in my <laughs> office? <laughs> yeah. So that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so, all right, we've broken this whole thing down, I think, in, in a pretty adequate way. Um, oh, look at Sam. Hi, Sam, Sam baby. Hey, Sam. Um, so, we're going to have this available in podcasts. We're going to have this available um, from our Twitch VODs up mm-hmm. on our website. Please go check out esportsmaybe.com to uh, see the uh, <laughs> Larry, <laughs> to see the, uh, the written version of the Esports Review Episode 2, where we have um, some more interesting examples of some nuanced... Uh, taboos that are in other industries kind of that, that helped to spawn this conversation um, and I think that that led to uh, some really really interesting discussion Ben like we, we've I think we've dug into some parts of esports that really don't get talked about very often yeah. 
Um, I, I would really like to hear what, you know, the chat has, like the rest of, of what chat has to say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, please go to our website, write a comment or whatever, and, and let us know and participate. Send us a tweet. Um, we want this show to be conversational in that you talk back to us and you tell us what you think about this and add to what we're saying because fucking I know nothing and I know Ben knows nothing because we're both humans that are stupid and, you know, like we're all just, our knowledge is, is, is you know, so, so very man. small. Um, so we would appreciate it that, you know, if, if, if we missed anything or you feel like we didn't, we glossed over a point or a topic or an issue or whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, for this episode and all future episodes, we're taking these deep dives, um, and we would really love contribution, you know, um, any, any amount of interaction, um, that our audience is willing to give on the website and comments, um, or Twitter, whatever it is, um, please do so because we want this to be a conversational kind of situation. So Ben, do you have any final words for this Beautiful January 29th. <laughs> Beautiful January 29th. It's frigid. It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, I feel like uh, th this, this was nice. This was nice. I, I feel like we, we definitely touched on some topics that you know don't normally get touched on as much. And uh, the chat inter interaction has been great. Uh, we appreciate everybody stopping in and, and hanging out with us while we're uh, doing this and recording. So Next uh, week. Thank you. Guess what? <clears throat> Just say what? What? Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's like give it a high five. It's like, guess what? Like, huh? 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 I, made you, I, made you, I made you wait for it. Did you feel that? Did you feel the anticipation? It's my, 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 my whole inside just kind of went, like when you didn't say anything, I was like, oh, man. So guess what, Ben? What, Patrick? Uh, we're going to have Fish Sticks on the show next week. His name's Ben Goldhaber. He's the content marketing manager for Twitch, and he's going to be our third talking head. Uh, we're going to get into live streaming on Twitch and esports and, and kind of that whole business and um, hear from Ben. I, I, I want to let him, him kind of take us through the, the beautiful, beautiful mm -hmm. I'm really live streaming landscape. I'm really looking forward to next week. I, I, I think it's going to be a really fun show uh, because it's something that people don't really – know that much you know and, and having someone from twitch give their actual opinion on it's going to be uh gonna be nice for sure for sure yeah um, so if you're interested in that definitely stop by uh check it out it'll be episode three and we promise this show will only get better we've revised the name we've revised the number of episodes <laughs> we did 40 episodes of a separate show at the same time same place same mm -hmm. people uh more or less i mean you know mark's there in the background always kind of giving us his support and uh you know, please, please make sure to check out the eSports in a Nutshell news this week. Share it with your friends. Share, share it with your mom. Give it, uh, let your dog like it and share it and subscribe, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Good old Larry the dog. <laughs> so anyway, um, this has been episode two of the eSports Review. My name is Patrick Ryan. You can follow me at Patch Ryan, but I would much rather you follow the at eSports Maybe account if you want to actually get some personality and some really beautiful tweets, follow Ben. He's at JSFA underscore Manimal. Um, by the way, he also has the best beard in the business, so watch out. It'll get you. It'll get you real good. So anyway, thanks for watching, ladies and gents. Um, make sure to check us out on esportsmaybe.com, on youtube.com backslash esportsmaybe vids. Um, I've been Patrick, and that's been Ben. 